Hello, and welcome to On the Horizon. This podcast is an extension of Horizon Church, a relationally driven, socially conscious, Jesus-centered church located in the heart of Towson, Maryland. We are recording today from Dean Studios, as always. Thank you, Bryce. My name is Beth McDonald. I'm your host today, and we are going to be talking with Rachel Drunkenmiller about dealing with burnout and probably a lot of other things, too. Uh, Rachel goes to Horizon. She's on the hospitality team. You've probably heard her welcome us to church on a Sunday morning, and she and her husband, Bill, host a link group. Welcome. Thanks, Beth. Yeah, thanks for being here. So let's just start. Why don't you just tell me who you live with and how you spend your days? Okay, so I live with my college sweetheart, Bill. We've been together for, gosh, I don't know, 13 and a half years. We've been married for about eight. Nice. We were married through Horizon, um, mm-hmm. and we'll, we'll talk about more of that, I'm sure, those connections later. Yeah. But um, I actually just recently in September went out on my own, so I'd worked at the same company for 13 years. And so since you graduated from college? Since or was co- there? Yes. Yeah. Since college, the same company. Actually, even prior to that, because I interned there during okay. college. Neat. So I was there in some capacity, some capacity for like 16, 17 years, which is sounds crazy. Yeah. Um, and so now I'm a speaker and a workshop facilitator and do leadership training, really focused on kind of bringing the human elements back to the workplace. And I use a lot of positive psychology in my work to really help to bring out the best in people mm. and the places that they work. So... I do keynotes and speak at conferences and companies and travel all over the country and do that. And it's it's really fun. Yeah, it sounds exciting. Yeah. So first, I want to hear, what did you do at your other job before you left? So I was the director of well-being for a national benefits consulting firm. Okay. And when I started there, I basically was like, I was answering phones and doing a lot of administrative work. And I met someone in the wellness field back in 2007. Mm-hmm and discovered this interest that kind of combined my background, which was in psychology, and then okay. this interest I always had in health. Okay. And so workplace wellness seemed to kind of combine those two things. Mm-hmm. And so I just like really dove into it and just like I made up my job in 2007. I was like, I'm going to be a wellness coordinator. I don't know what that person does, but I'll figure it out, figure it out and make it up. And so I've had a very... Um, a, a career that's like really evolved with mm-hmm. my interests and with as I build up skills, I've kind of kind of progressed along my my career path that way. So it's not anything that like at that time I would have predicted where I'd be now. Right. Um, but I really just did kind of what my dad calls very interest driven work where I found something I was interested in and I right. really pursued it deeply and then, um, you know, started implementing the things I was learning and making up making it up as I go, basically. That's so neat. Is that something, have you always been kind of that kind of person where if you you kind of create something for yourself like that? Um, Interestingly, I mean, growing up in, so this is kind of, there's two answers to that question. Okay. One is that like where I come from. So my parents are very entrepreneurial. Mm -hmm. They are entrepreneurs. Sure. So I grew up in a home where I saw people basically make up what they did and find people to pay them for it. (laughs) So I was like, oh, that's normal. Like, it's normal to do that. And it's normal to not hate work because I never saw my parents hate their jobs. Oh, interesting. So I imagine the reality check I get when I go into corporate and so many people are miserable. Right. And I'm like, why are you miserable? It doesn't have to be this way. Like, just do what you enjoy doing. Right. Make up work that you enjoy. You don't have to be stuck in this. So that was one track, but on the other end, like growing up, I was very much a rule follower. Mm. And it was sort of like, you know, I wanted to do things by the book. Mm-hmm. I never even wanted to get in trouble, got straight A's, mm. wanted to have good friends, never wanted to get yelled at. Um, so I was very much kind of like a rule follower in one vein of my life. Right. But I always had this creative side to me. I liked to write stories and, mm. um, you know, create things in that way. But I kept a lot of that stuff kind of inside, a lot of my creative spirit, my creativity. I kept a lot of that kind of... Uh, under wraps and the mm. piece of myself that was like the successful academic was the part that I let everybody see. Right. So what do you think sparked that? So you had the example of the entrepreneurial parents, which I'm sure is a huge influence, but what caused that girl to come out of her shell and kind of say, well, I could have that for me too. 
Well, there's a couple things. I mean, I'd say it started probably about five years ago where we did this assessment at my company called the Predictive Index, and you answer two questions. And when you're, when you're doing the assessment, you're like, there's absolutely no way this is going to tell you anything about me. Right. And you get the results back, and you're like, oh my gosh, this is exactly me. What are the two questions? Can you tell me? So it's like, <laughs> so the first question is something along the lines of, you know, um, which of these behaviors would you say, like, describe you or which of these adjectives describe okay. you? There's like 60 different words okay. or phrases. Okay. Then the second question is something along the lines of which of these words kind of like describe like who you need to be in the role that you're in. Right. More or less. Okay. And it's the same list of words. Oh, Interesting. So you get three charts back. You get your self-concept, you get um, your yourself, your self-concept, and then you get like this hybrid of the two. Mm-hmm. Ideally, if you're well-matched for your role, the self right. and self-concept align. Right. And mine were two different people. Oh, wow. Interesting. So it's like myself was like, it's either you're either dominant or uh, it's kind of let me lead or let me um, collaborate kind of. And my right. natural style is let me lead like almost off the charts. Mm. And what I thought everyone wanted me to be was like, can you just collaborate? Right. Can you just like follow the rules? Right. You know, and was, was it surprising to you, the results? It was when I really sat down and looked at it. I think initially it was surprising, but more than anything, it was just so validating because mm. I was like, oh, this is why I feel like I don't quite fit. And this right. is why right. I, I feel this sense of tension and mm-hmm. stuckness mm. because I'm not being myself. Right. Right. And it was around that time that I started speaking. Mm-hmm. And it was at that time that I was actually applying for an award. Um, there's this group called the Wellness Council of America, mm-hmm. and they train wellness professionals like around the world. And I had been a member for years, seven years, and they had this top 100 health promotion professional contest. And I applied for it the day that it was due, around mm-hmm. that same exact time I took this assessment. Okay. And then I found out five months later that I won the award. Wow. Um, and so it's like, hey, you want to really be yourself? Okay. Right. Like, it was like, like a sign. Yeah. 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 So that was like the beginning of me starting to come out of my shell. And then mm-hmm. I, you know, that's when I first started really getting into doing keynote speaking. Okay. Um, How did that come about? The speaking part? Yeah. Um, well, the funny thing is, so this is, again, when I was a kid, I was very shy. Mm. Um, and so I would I, not have guessed that. You would not have? No. <laughs> yeah. I, I had a book. So in high school, I had a book called The Introvert's Advantage. Mm, okay. Sure. Because I, like, just wanted to figure out. I, I was, I've always been highly introspective. Right. And just always wanted to understand myself and my mind and, sure. how, it, and how, you know, I work, how people work. Right. And... I think a lot of it was I started, um, I had this interest in health and nutrition, and I had my own journey that I was going through of making some dietary changes mm-hmm. um, because of some chronic health issues I had, like acid reflux and some sinus issues. Mm-hmm. And I cut certain foods out of my diet, and I lost weight, and all these health issues went away. Mm-hmm. And I started sharing that kind of stuff with people, and I just got to the point where I was so passionate about what I was talking about. Right. That, you know, I was like, well, let me pursue this more. And I became a health coach. That was Mm -hmm. about six years ago. And then I just like started making up workshops based on what I was learning and started taking what I was learning to human resource professionals, which are a lot of people I was serving too. Sure. I started doing it. Like I didn't have any training in speaking. I just found stuff I was passionate about. I learned things about how people taught in a way that maintained interest. Sure. And I just started trying it. Good for you. So... Yeah. <laughs> and it's paid off. Yeah, it's it's now paid you're, off. Then now that's like your job. That's my job. Yeah, I yeah. get paid I, for somebody who was a very shy, quiet girl who didn't share my writings with people right. and who loved to sing but wouldn't sing in front of people and who had a lot to say but didn't feel, I don't know, safe enough to share it. Mm-hmm. Like, I yeah. really didn't, um, aside from, like, in journals. Like, it's sort of... Um, I don't know, just a bit ironic to me that now, right. like, my work is basically using my voice and sharing very private and personal mm-hmm. things that I never would have imagined yeah. I'd share with people. That's so cool. So That's really neat. So tell me how you came to leave the company and kind of, this kind of scary to go out on your own. Yeah, I mean, I thought about it for years. 
I mean, that was the health coach thing for me mm-hmm. was going to be the ticket okay. out. That was like, I'm doing this. Right. You know, I was at a point in my life where I was like, I just got married and mm-hmm. I, was like, I finished graduate school and I've, you know, got my master's. I'm going to go take over the world. And, right. Uh, and I, it's not how it happened. Um, and so I, I really just always had this kind of stirring in me, really from my parents, I think, mm-hmm. to just have this desire to have freedom and to create my own reality and right. not ask permission. And I don't, now as an adult, I don't really follow rules very well. If someone's like, well, this is what you have to do, Rachel. And I ask a lot of questions. <laughs> um, I don't take things at face value very right. easily. Um, and it was a, really a series of events over those next couple years mm-hmm. that got me to the place where I realized I didn't want to be representing somebody else anymore. Okay. So I wanted to be out there on my own brand. Like I, I, I got to, I started to realize that when I was speaking and people were following up with me, mm-hmm. they wanted to hear from me. They didn't want to hear from, there's nothing wrong with the company that I was with, but they didn't right. want to hear from my company. They wanted to hear more from me. Right. Sure. And I started to realize that. And, um, I started to feel conflicted at times because I knew that, one of my roles, in addition to being like a thought leader at that company, mm-hmm. was to really kind of be a lead generator. Sure. Which is sure. what somebody in my position would in. be. Sure. Right? Yeah. But there was a point at which I was just like, I I want to be doing this for me now. Mm-hmm. You know? I mm-hmm. and, and not even selfishly, just like, I have things I want to say that in this current system and structure, right. I don't feel like I can say without having to like be concerned if it's the right thing to say or sure. if it's a little out of line or if it's in conflict with what other people are thinking. Right. I didn't want to have to hide anymore. Right. Um, and I went through a professional speaking program. Okay. Last fall into this, through this whole spring. Mm -hmm. And I met all these people that were speaking professionally. Wow. And I was like, oh my gosh, we're peers, you know, like they can do this. Right. You know, all these people are doing this work. And so, you know, I can do this work and even like certain sermons were like affirmed it. Like there was a sermon around Easter about like once you've died to your old self and kind of like shed that skin, mm-hmm. like a bug shedding its exoskeleton, right. like you can't put that back on. Right. Like you, like the bug literally can't put that skin back on. Right. 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 Like, it wouldn't fit. Yeah. It wouldn't fit. And so my yeah. husband's like nudging me at church, <laughs> like, Hey, I think, and I'm like, I know. Yeah. Um, so I had just this series of, you know, things like that happen. Yeah. That to me, I mean, I even had somebody at the company I worked at say, hey, have you ever thought about just like leaving and going out on your own and doing consulting with the company? <laughs> I was like, no, I have <laughs> such an interesting idea. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to play dumb. And then like a month and a half later, yeah. I had the actually conversation <laughs> with my boss yeah. where um, I was going to, to speak uh at like do this final video recording Mm -hmm. and there was something in me that was like I just I can't do this final thing and really Mm -hmm. feel free on that stage if I still feel like if I haven't like made the decision right to go out on my own right and I was a little nervous to have the conversation but I had two friends text message me at and the moment where I was having the conversation, hmm. they texted me. Wow. And one of them was like, hey, I think today's the day you're talking to your boss. I'm praying for you. Um, and then another one said something very similar. And I, I, I've had so many moments like mm. that in my life where I had people there to just right. encourage me in a difficult moment. Yeah. You yeah. know? I love that. So you, so you mentioned a sermon and Horizon and people texting you tell me about how your faith played a part in you making that decision to leave I mean more than anything I feel like it it got to the point where I was like Rachel this isn't like it is selfish for Mm -hmm. me to not step into this next thing that I felt God calling me into right like I felt like he was showing me like I've I've given you a voice Mm -hmm. I've shown you through like the th- thousands of people that you've spoken to that have affirmed this gift in you. Right. I've introduced you to these people that have trained you on like the art and the craft and all that stuff around it. Mm-hmm. And I've given you a message and a story to share. Mm. And it's time to do this. Yeah. 
And I felt this really weird. People were like, are you so nervous? <laughs> and I was like, I was scared for so long mm. that by the time I made the decision, it, I, I had this overwhelming sense of peace. Mm, I love that. That I was like, I knew it was the right time because there were other times where I was going to leave where it was more like out of resistance or defiance or sort of like frustration. Right. And I think people make decisions when they're in that mode. It doesn't always lead to something good. Right. 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 Like, I'm just fed up. I'm out of here. Yeah. Mm, okay. What are you going to? Mm-hmm. You might be leaving that, but what are you right. going to? Right. And I, for so long, didn't have a what am I going to? Mm-hmm. And I got to the point where I looked at my fall and I saw everything that was lined up for the fall conferences, employee presentations. And I had a leadership training come my way from a, a colleague that I've known for years. And he said, I want you to do a two day leadership training. And you know, I want you to come to North Carolina and work with these physicians mm. and physicians practices. And so I sent him my proposal. Right. And he came back and was like, yeah, it looks good. But um, I didn't realize you were still at your other company. Oh. And I was like, yeah. So that's and, not why he asked you because of your connection. He wanted you just you. He wanted just me. Yeah. And I was like, oh, shoot. Um, yeah. So I almost didn't get the gig. Oh, really? Because of where I was working. And yeah. and I said, this was probably in like April. I was like, what if I'm not there in October? <laughs> <laughs> and he went back to his boss and he was like, then we can have you come. Oh, interesting. So I felt like that was a sign from God. I feel like all these things, sure. you know, were these reminders of like, see, I, see, I've got you. Yeah. Like, you're going to be okay if you just get that gig and don't get any other gigs for like two months. Right. You'll be okay. Like, so when people are like, it's such a risk, right? And there's this sense that leaving a company, leaving a state, quote unquote, stable job, mm-hmm. The way I've come to look at it from hearing from other people's perspective about this, right. it's it's pretty stable. Like if I'm betting on myself, basically, mm-hmm. I'm betting on myself, my abilities, mm-hmm. my network, my calling, the anointing on my life, right. like God to not have me fall flat on my face. And I can have multiple streams of income. I can have income coming from multiple places as opposed to one right. company. Sure. One sure. place. Right. right. So um, and for me, there's a freedom and like just not having to modify myself Mm -hmm. in any way Mm -hmm. that I was really longing for. Mm -hmm. Um, And to be able to get my new website out there and to get all these things out there under the brand that I wanted to be under um, was really exciting. So I, you know, after I had the conversation, I started to really, you know, figure out, okay, what was this going to look like? And, um, so I was excited. Like, I made that decision. I was like, all right, let's go. Yeah. So that first time you spoke, when it was just I, you, it was your company, which is Unmuted. Is that the name? I want uh-huh. Unmuted. Did it feel different when you were speaking? Um, It was cool to be. So the interesting thing is I was initially, my first gig was at an, a former client. So a okay. com- client with my former company, because they wanted to keep me on okay. to fulfill the the engagements that I had already scheduled this fall, which was very gracious. You know, they could have chosen not to do that. So it was interesting because they, you know, introduced me, or I think I introduced myself, and I was like, well, you used to know me from such and such company, but now I'm representing myself. And um, to be able to just have my own slides up there and, Mm -hmm. like, the first conference when I got introduced as myself Mm -hmm. and when I was getting follow-up from people and I was like, you're going to hear from me about the same stuff that you just heard here. Right. I don't have to, like, run this by anybody. Right. Right. So it was it was really exciting. People clap for me like at a couple conferences. And I mentioned like, I, you know, just started my business. I went Mm -hmm. out on my own two weeks ago. And then, you know, people were. Yeah. I wasn't expecting that. Right. I don't know these people. (laughs) Yeah. I find people are rooting for you. Yeah. I felt that a little bit. I've spoke, you know, I've spoken at Horizon and other places. I feel you feel like people want you to do well. They do. They're they're for you. They're on your side. Yes. And I think people that do public speaking and get nervous forget that. Yes. That everybody out there really is rooting for you. They are. And I felt that so so much of it. Like yeah. when I made the announcement on like LinkedIn, mm-hmm. very, it's probably the most active platform that I'm on social media wise. Mm-hmm. 
And I had so many people that were just like, and people I didn't even know followed the stuff that I put up. Sure. Were like, oh, this is so exciting. Like, Aww. what an exciting move. If I can do anything to help, let me know. Wow. Like, this is so wonderful. I mean, it was just nothing about it. People were like, have you, you know, had any doubts? I'm like, none at yeah. all. Yeah. None. I love that. <laughs> I love that. That's so neat. So one of the stories that's part of your your life and one of the things you speak on, from what I understand, because I haven't gotten to hear you yet, um, is on burnout. Yeah. So tell, tell me a little bit about that story. How did, how did that get to be something you could speak to? So after I got that award right. in 2015, um, it was really great in a number of ways because it gave me a platform. Sure. But as somebody who's already an overachiever, striver, pusher, like all the things mm-hmm. that are some challenges for me, it put even more weight on me. Oh, interesting. Because I felt like, oh my gosh, they just said you're the best. Mm. So you have to keep being the best. Mm-hmm. You have to have the best answers and the best ideas. Mm-hmm. And you just can't let people down. And you can't say you don't know. Right. No one ever said this to me. Right. But this is how I internalized part of that recognition. Sure. Was like... Kind of like, don't screw it up, Rachel, in my head. Right. And so that was a lot of weight to carry by myself. Yeah, it is. Um, And I got to the point where I have journals I can look back on, and I've I've wrote things like, I don't know how much longer I can take, I can Mm -hmm. go at this pace, I don't know how much Mm -hmm. longer I can take this, something's going to happen, you know. Mm -hmm. And it was the fall, September 2016, um, I had a dream that I was drowning. Mm. I was in my house, in my kitchen, drowning. Mm. And I woke up from that dream and I wrote it down. And then I just continued <laughs> as, as if that wasn't enough of a sign. Thanks, inner self. Right. <laughs> Thanks, Holy Spirit. Like, and I'm just going to move on. There's my subconscious <laughs> telling me something. Right, right, right. That I ignored. Um, and then I had started having trouble with like my memory. Like I'd be mm-hmm. in conversation with people. And I was 32 at the time. So yeah. totally not normal. Right. But like my great grandmother had dementia. So naturally, mm-hmm. you know, we do that thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, I do it all. You're right. Like, I can't think case. of a word and I immediately go to worst case scenario. So. 100%. So right. I was like, I probably have early onset dementia at 32. Um, which is nothing to joke about, but that's what I was right. feeling. Like I was sure. that scared, you know? Sure. So I went to see my doctor and I sat across from him and he said, um, he said, maybe you're doing too much. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what's that? You know, um, I don't think you understand. I have a different capacity than other people. (laughs) So I ignored him. Uh, Mm. And then about a month later, uh, we had just come back from a link group, like a a retreat that we go on every year. Right. I pushed it with my sleep. Like I, you know, because you stay up late and talk to people and stuff. And I got really sick. Mm. Like I had swollen lymph nodes. I had the worst sore throat of my life. Mm. Um, I had started to lose my voice. I was really exhausted. Mm-hmm. And so I did all the things you're supposed to do to get better, like take shots of apple cider vinegar and drink kale shakes and right. all the health coach things to do. And yeah. I didn't feel any better. Mm. And then finally, I actually started to feel worse. And then finally, mm. um, February was Valentine's Day. And I was supposed to be at dinner with Bill. And instead, he was with me at the doctor's office mm. at like six o'clock at night. And I sat across from the same doctor I saw three months earlier who yeah. said maybe I was doing too much that I ignored. And he said, um, Would you, and he was non judgmental, mm-hmm. but he said, Would you say this was brought on by work or that you brought this on yourself? Mm. Wow. And I just started, whatever I had left in me, I just sure. like started crying. Sure. Because like I knew that I brought it on myself. Mm. It's like, I said yes to everything on my schedule. Right. I create my schedule half the time. 90%, not half the time. Right. 98% of the time I create what's on my schedule. Sure. And I just had this moment of like total, like helplessness and hopelessness. I was fever. I felt so awful. Mm. And he tested me for something called Epstein-Barr virus Mm. and tests came back positive. So it's an acute form of mono and it just like your immune system's like done. Like right. a shot, you know, right. you got nothing left. Right. So I lost my voice for a period of time, mm. um, which had happened before, but not to this extent. And I remember I had um, Heather Cotter, yeah. who, you know, is at Horizon, is one right. very prophetic person, reached out to me. And she's like, there's something I'm supposed to tell you, like, that you have to get quiet enough. This was in the fall, so before this happened. You have to get quiet enough to, like, there's something you're supposed to hear, but you have to get quiet enough to hear it. Mm. 
and, I, and she was like, I don't know what that means. But <laughs> <laughs> so then sure enough, I end up in this place where like the speaker loses her voice. Literally quiet. Right. Literally. Like I would hear the song Be Still three mm-hmm. times in one day on the radio mm. when I'm not even in the car that much. Yeah. And I had so many things like that happen, like mm-hmm. song lyrics, songs come on that I'd never heard before, like right. on WRBS, this local radio station. And um, or a song I'd heard before but never pay attention to the lyric. And mm-hmm. I, I just was like overcome with just emotion. Right. Because I felt so defeated and so exhausted. Mm-hmm. And I had several people at Horizon reach out to me during this time. It was crazy the timing of me getting sick. So one, I had a, a friend, Kara uh, Spinks, reach out. Yeah. And she texted me. One of those, like, take up a screen and a half text messages. Yeah, yeah. So you're like, okay. <laughs> and it started with the words, um, warning, unsolicited observation coming. <laughs> She's great. And I was like, do I want to keep going? Uh, and I did, and I read it, and, you know, she was a very candid with me and was like, I see you post a lot about not focusing so much on accomplishment on social media, but you yourself rarely seem to slow down. Mm. You don't seem fulfilled or content. Yeah. Like, I wish you could see what the rest of us see in you. Yeah. Oh, we all need friends like that. Oh, man. Bravery. Like mm-hmm. that takes such bravery just to, to speak that truth to someone. Right. Like I would imagine she probably hesitated at times before sending me that message. Sure. But I wrote back and I was like, thank you. You're right. Because when you're, like, bottomed out, yeah. you're like, well, clearly, I don't know what I'm doing. Right. So if anybody else has a solution, bring it on. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, Noreen um, Douglas, at one point during that season, mm-hmm. came up to me after a church service unsolicited. And it was like, you have to be unshakable. Mm. And then, like, starts quoting Romans and kind of, like, walks away. And which I feel is what I'm called to do. Like, I feel like I'm, well, I know we'll get to this, but. Yeah. You know, kind of called to a this big platform, and mm-hmm. and um, you do like the yeah. the sort of like bigger your brand go grows, right. you have to be unshakable. Ready like, for that. There's yeah. a lot of things that can come your way, you yeah. know, and and so I had moments like that, and we were going through this um, like gifts of the spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, series with Mark Stevenson. Right, right, right. Supernatural life or something. Yes, the supernatural yeah. life during yeah. that season. So I would show up before I knew I was what I was diagnosed with. I was showing up so exhausted, mm. but I would sit through those things, mm-hmm. like about ready to pass out right. on Monday nights. And the interesting thing that happened is at the end of it, we had this impartation mm-hmm. where these two guys, right. Doug and Jay, Jay mm-hmm. came around and were laying hands on us and, you know, T- telling us like what our you know gift was right. gifts were from the Holy Spirit and I was like skeptical I was like I mean I don't know I don't even know this person how could they possibly right. know anything about me so I like the crazy irony of it I'm in the season of burning out and getting mono mm-hmm. and um, I forget who came up to me first but laid hands on you know on me and was like um, the gift of healing mm. And he said, and not, and not just physical healing, but you, but but um, but emotional healing. Mm. That you, he said, your words have power. Mm. Wow. Like not knowing that I'm a speaker. Sure, sure. <laughs> you know, your words have power, and that like right. you will impact and inspire people with your words. Yeah. Among other things that he said, I like wish I'd recorded it. You know. I know. But I heard all of that. I started sobbing because I was like, I like felt so seen in that moment, mm-hmm. and I like couldn't believe what he was saying. Mm-hmm. And then the next guy comes up, and I was like, all right, maybe that was sort of a lucky guess. Right. <laughs> and, and they don't talk to each other. And the next guy comes yeah. up to me, and he holds on my hands, and he says, um, he says, um, like Holy Spirit, send fire to these healing hands. Mm. And I was like. So afterwards, I started asking people, I was like, was, was your gift healing? Did they tell <laughs> like, everybody the same did thing? Did everybody get the same thing? <laughs> yeah, no. And they were like, no. No, and they were pretty spot on. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, you know, having that happen. So to like, all these things were little glimmers of hope. Yeah. Because when you're burned out, like one of the symptoms essentially of burn, burnout is like hopelessness, helplessness, and exhaustion. Mm. Wow. And I felt all of those things. Yeah. A lot. I yeah. was contagious, and you have, you know, you're, it was contagious. I had to miss out on certain things. Mm-hmm. I had to cancel and reschedule things with work. Um, right. I had to ask for an assistant. Like I had to advocate for myself. But 
it was a it was a hard season yeah, yeah. it was really hard but i had those those glimmers those of, words. of yeah. hope yeah and encouragement yeah um from friends from song lyrics um you know just from this community of people and i right. felt i was so encouraged i love that yeah that's so it's good for people to hear that are in the middle of that um and for friends of people in the middle of it yeah to go ahead and speak those words of hope because i think sometimes we hesitate uh to to speak into that and i think we we do need to speak into other people that are in kind of a hopeless state and speak hope into them and for me i mean the the greatest gift out of all of it you know when i was in the middle of the worst of it i wasn't like oh what a gift this is right right (laughs) you know it's sort of like in hindsight i can see the gift and the lesson in it yeah but the greatest gift from that experience was realizing the power and importance of community like Mm -hmm. i had so neglected my friendships Mm. because i was so focused on my work sure sure and you know i at one point i was out in in, uh, omaha nebraska doing some work with um a friend in her company and I had enough in me to like record the videos I needed to record for the stuff they were doing but mm-hmm. then it was her 30th birthday and they were having karaoke downstairs I was sick as a dog mm. I was so sick and, and and felt so awful yeah and I remember laying in the bed upstairs in the guest room Bill was downstairs with everybody he had flown to there too yeah and I was laying in the bed and I was in such pain like mm-hmm. my throat was like on fire and I was like this is not what I want my life to be. No. No. You know, like, this sucks. Yeah. Like, that's... And and in the midst of it, sometimes when we're in the midst of really difficult seasons, we're like, we don't see an end in sight. Right. Right. So, like, I didn't know when I was going to feel better. Right. Right. There's no timetable. There's no timetable. But another... I'll say one more thing about hope on this. I get the diagnosis, Epstein-Barr. Right. Never heard of it. Never known anybody else has it. I don't know what to do. Two weeks later, my nutritionist, who helped me through some other health challenges I had years ago, mm-hmm. sends an email to her entire email blast list. Right. She was getting her PhD in functional nutrition, and she said, I've picked the topic for my final PhD project, and it's Epstein-Barr virus. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm pretty sure I started crying then because yeah, I was just I'm like, sure. oh, my gosh, like yeah. someone I trust already who's helped me before right. knows something about this. Right. right. And I reached out to her and we connected and she put mm-hmm. me on a regimen of supplements that like I still take today. Yeah. Three years later. And she ended up writing a whole book about it. And my story is now and my story of recovery. Right. And what happened is now in her book. And I I've had it. people reach out to me because yeah. of her book. Like, it's so purposeful. It. Right. Right. So God had it all yeah, worked out. What what was meant for you to evil to silence you. Yeah. God worked it all out. Yeah. Uh, for something bigger and better. And I didn't waste time. I mean, that July. So this got diagnosed in February, started on a regimen in March. Didn't even have the energy to, like, really exercise until, like, mid to late summer. Mm. But I was already building presentations, speaking about burnout by mid-July. Right. Yeah. You're already turning it around. Yeah. That's so neat. So, yeah. So, so tell me, um, for for somebody mm-hmm. who's listening, what what does burnout look like? Like, how do we... I, I feel like like you, you were a little bit tone deaf in the middle of this. Yes. And I think often people who are heading towards burnout or in it are in it because they're not paying attention. Yes. So what what does it look like for people? What are some general signs where people can say, oh, maybe maybe I need to slow down? So one, it's interestingly, in just May of this year, the World Health Organization named burnout an official medical diagnosis. Really? Yeah. So very recent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
So some of the symptoms I mentioned, like the hopelessness, helplessness, and exhaustion, and the way that Mm -hmm. can show up is just like feeling of sheer just exhaustion. Like I just can't do it anymore. Right. You know, like just that sense of I have nothing else to give and Mm -hmm. I am so wiped and you're just tired. Mm -hmm. Like recovering from mono, I would sleep like 11 hours a night and not feel rested. Right. So there's some symptoms that are very similar to depression, actually. That's what I was going to say. How can you tell? Yeah, so so other things with burnout are a sense of cynicism. Okay. You're just like, what's it all for? Like, who cares? Like, you know, Mm -hmm. um, why do I even bother? Um, We get really cynical and really negative. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing that can happen is this isolation. Okay. So we tend to pull away from people. Um, because of this sense of overwhelm, right. this sense of, you know, negative mindset that we're having. Mm-hmm. We don't feel good. We don't have the energy to do stuff. Mm-hmm. And so we just kind of like socially withdraw from people. Right. So and what starts to happen is we also start to um, have issues with our performance at work. Okay. So if you're naturally somebody who is very on the ball and on top of things, you start missing deadlines, Mm -hmm. you start making errors, you start forgetting to do things, and you're like, oh my gosh, and you get frustrated. Sure. Because you're like, this is not like me. I don't do this. Right. And I was doing, all that stuff was happening Mm -hmm. in my life. Right. All of it. Right. And I didn't know, really, you know, um... And I think a lot of people are frustrated. And I think one of the things, I actually just wrote an article recently on LinkedIn about how to know when you're on the brink of burnout. Mm-hmm. We can okay. share it in the... Yeah, um, yeah, send me the link and we'll... The notes and stuff. Yeah. But one of the things that I had shared in there was like, just because something is common doesn't mean it's normal. Right. So we have this sense of, oh, it's... Everybody feels tired. Everybody so feels tired and wiped and exhausted all the time. Is everybody burned out? Yeah. It's this chronic state. Like mm-hmm. everyone gets stressed. Everyone sure. experiences stress and, you know, a certain level of anxiety or frustration mm-hmm. about situations in life. But when it becomes chronic, mm-hmm. when it becomes a pattern of behavior, when it extends over a period of time, that's when you should start paying attention because okay. everyone has little blips on the radar where right. you go through a couple of weeks perhaps or you're just, it's really a struggle and then you kind of recover from it or whatever. Right. But when it gets to be this sustained sense of like, when is this going to end? Mm-hmm. When you start hearing yourself saying things like, um, okay, well, I'll take a vacation as soon as I get through this project or, right. you know, um, I'm not, I'm not really that, I'm not really that tired or you don't understand. Nobody else can do this. Only mm-hmm. I can do this. I mm-hmm. have to do it. I have to be the one. Right. We start to tell ourselves a story about an inflated sense of self-importance mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. It's really like pride. Sure. Really, a lot of it is. Yeah, yeah. And of like, I can do it all, so I have to do it all. Mm-hmm. I'm going to keep trying to do it all. And if I show any weakness, or if I, if you find out that I'm somehow screwing up, mm-hmm. you're going to judge me. You're going to fire me. Right. You're not going to like me. You're going to show that you're disappointed in me. I can't live with that. Right. Um, and so we hide. Yeah. Yeah. Which is exactly what I did. Yeah. Interesting. So then what, how did you come out of it? I mean, obviously you had the nutritionist to help you specifically with the Epstein-Barr, but if somebody doesn't have yeah, like a diagnosed disease with it, mm-hmm. how do you, how do you get yourself out of it? Because we, you can't go quit your job. You didn't quit your job. I mean, you can't, yeah. how do you. I mean, that. one of the things I did almost immediately, because one of the things I learned about Epstein-Barr is that left unchecked, it can trigger things. Like, it's an inflammatory condition. Right. Okay. You have tremendous inflammation in your body when you have Epstein-Barr, and um, it can trigger things like lymphomas mm. left unchecked. Whenever someone says anything that hints at the word cancer, basically, right. it gets your attention. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Big time. Oh, yeah. And when she told me that, my nutritionist told me that, I was like, oh, got it. Okay. So I emailed my boss and I'd been there for 10 years, you know, but Mm -hmm. I was like, here's what's going on. Here's what I have. I need to be able to sleep as much as I need to sleep. Mm -hmm. Um, We already had a pretty flexible work environment, but I was like, I can't have any meetings before 10 a.m. Okay. Um, I can't do any more than two presentations a week. Okay. And I need an assistant. Good for you. And I could have been afraid to send that email because of fear what they'd say but I I didn't feel like I had much lower to go right at that point right so I was kind of like what do I have to lose like right. I know I'm an asset to the company 
I've I've put in my dues. Yeah. I've been very right. loyal. I've worked hard. Right. Um, and they were supportive. Nice. That's so good to hear. So, because that's I needed to sleep 10, 11 hours a night. Yeah. And I needed to let myself wake up when my body woke up without an alarm. Sure. Sure. And um, it was hard to have to reschedule stuff. I had to rest my voice, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but the biggest thing for me was that I got into community. Okay. Um, so what did that look like for you? I I started um, just like initiating social time mm-hmm. with friends. Like it might sound weird to say that I didn't really do that before, but I wasn't really someone who would initiate. I wasn't always the most thoughtful friend or the most like selfless person. Like my husband is super selfless, mm-hmm. super giving. I can be selfish. We all can be, but sure. it's something yeah, I was going to say. We all can be. I can definitely be very focused on like what I need to do for me um, and how I need to meet my goals mm-hmm. and not as focused on well, what does this other person need. Right. And so I'd say about, I mean, one, I just started being more honest with people. Mm-hmm. So prior to that, I had been very kind of private about things I struggled with. Mm. I'd written some blog posts about some personal struggles that I had, and so I had gotten to the place of being more openly vulnerable. But I was more openly vulnerable about things that I previously was not comfortable being vulnerable about, like acknowledging my capacity to not be able to handle everything at once, Mm -hmm. acknowledging my need for help and support. Um, Those are things I did not do before. Mm. Um, And so I started to, I know, ask for those shifts at work, and then was really focused on rest mm-hmm. and I just made more time to like spend time with my friends. Right. And it was really about a year and a half ago, I'd say that that so spring of 2018. So about, mm-hmm. you know, a year after I'd started to really recover um, that I got on this text chain with like five other women that are, you know, go to Horizon mm-hmm. and every day. I mean, nice. if I were to, over the course of the day, there's like dozens of messages that come nice. through and memes and yeah. funny things, but we're in it. So what used to happen, like even this past week, like it's been a grueling two and a half months for me sure. s- starting off. Yeah. Yeah. Starting yeah. a new business. Absolutely. Like I've probably been, I don't know, seven or eight different states and um, sometimes like three weeks in a row, three mm-hmm. different states. Like it's, so it's been kind of a lot. Right. Um, and so last week I started to get sick again mm. and have some symptoms like swollen lymph nodes again, mm. a really terrible cough. And I was speaking at a conference in San Diego and I had been coughing like the day prior all day. I felt terrible. My voice was scratchy. And I was like, I have to go speak to like 150, 200 people sure. for 50 minutes. I don't know how I'm going to do this. So I reached out to my network instead mm-hmm. of like staying stuck in my head and mm-hmm. being anxious and frustrated. Right. I reached out to that community. I reached out to a couple other people within Horizon that are just like these prayer warriors. Mm-hmm. And I told them what was going on. And I was like, I'm really scared. I don't I haven't been able to speak for two minutes straight without coughing this week. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I'm going to get through 50. Right. I don't know what to do. And they were just like we've got you, we're praying for you, like, you know, just such an encouragement. Right. And just some really affirming things of, like, you are meant to be there, and, like, Mm -hmm. you know, um, so I kid you not, I get on stage, and in my spirit of vulnerability, I shared with the group, I said, hey, it was a women's conference. Mm -hmm. I said, hey, so we're all here, a bunch of women, you know, sometimes we push ourselves too hard, and uh, we push beyond our capacity, and sometimes we're at 100%. Sometimes we're at 50%. Mm-hmm. I'm at about, like, 50% right now, but I'm going to give you every bit of what I have in me Aww. up here. Yeah. And I might cough, and I might have turned away to the side, but I just want you to know where I'm coming from. Right. And I did the presentation, and I did not cough for 50 yeah. minutes. Wow. Wow. And the next, like, five or six days, I'm in an inhaler right now. Yeah. So I was coughing like crazy. Mm-hmm. I got off the stage, I started coughing. Mm. And I was just like, wow, that to me was such a sign of, like, that was not my willpower. Right, right. That was, <laughs> that was grace. Yeah. Like, that was just grace yeah. times 10 mm. of, like, see, I've got you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It was just this reminder of what it looks like to trust. Right. Right. He's so kind. God's so kind to us. Yeah. So that was a really powerful experience for me. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And even just two days ago, I was feeling overwhelmed with lots of different things, work-related, health-related, my eardrum clogged on the flight mm-hmm. back, I'm going somewhere next week, and I just poured it all out yeah. to the girls. And I was like, I, you know, and so then they're like, what can we practically do to help? Like, can, you know, so-and-so is really good at organizing. Mm-hmm. Can the two of us get together with you to help you organize some of this stuff? Like. Wow. Just really, the three of them texted me separately, not even in the group this morning, like, mm. hey, how are you doing? How are you feeling? So it's such a gift, but it's yeah. like we have to be willing right. to put ourselves out there right. if we're going to connect with people. Right. We have to open up. Like, not just the good stuff. Yeah. Like, I did yeah. that most of my life. Yeah. Like, look at shiny Rachel. You know, mm-hmm. I, I mastered the art of that. Mm. And then the people that really knew me were like really challenging me to be like, we, what else is there? Right. <laughs> you know, we know there's more to you. Yes. Yes. You don't have to be that person all the time. Right. We want all of it. We want to see all of it. Yeah. We share all of it. And so I learned that through that healing experience, like mm. from burnout up through now that the people that are friends with me, that are my really good friends, they're excited for me when I accomplish stuff that is not why they're friends with me. Mm. Right. Right. They just, you know, they just like, love Rachel. They just love me. Yeah. yeah and yeah. that, that feels really, mm. that feels really good. Cause I think sometimes we think we can like accomplish our way into love. Right. Or like achieve our way into acceptance. Sure. And, and I tried that a really long time and it didn't really get me very far. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like, you know, you made some like physical, physical changes. Yeah slowed figured out what your body can do what you can do you made some changes at work you made some changes within community were there mm-hmm. spiritual changes that you that you made oh yeah i mean a lot of it i had i was journaling and so much during this time like i would get up in the morning and like you know turn on like a you know Pandora like worship station sure, sure. just hear whatever came on and then I would right. just think like okay the song I'm uh, I'm hearing is I was supposed to turn on at this time to hear this lyric mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I had uh, devotionals that I was working through and that I would I would look to each you know each day and just write down like that was some of my encouragement right like what I was reading in the devotionals were like an encouragement to mm-hmm. me of you know I'd read something like starting off like, you know, even in the midst of a, of a difficult season, mm-hmm. you know, just like something about, you know, hope and and about that, you know, being drawn through it and being brought through it. And I just kept feeding my mind right. with and my spirit with these words of truth. Um, mm-hmm. I would ask people to pray for me in a way that I never had before. Mm-hmm. I was never someone to go to people and be like, would you pray for me? Right. I didn't do that. Uh, and I started, you know, meeting with Mark. I mean, you and I, you know, yeah. um, you know, met and, and I just, I invited people to mm-hmm. speak truth over me. Right. I did this on my 34th birthday, 33rd, 33rd birthday, maybe. I forget when it was. And you were there and gave me yeah. a beautiful butterfly bush. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had a group of people pray over me. It was the year I got sick, so right. it was t- 2017. Um, so it was my, yeah, my 33rd birthday. And I intentionally wanted to enter into that year because I felt like I was coming out of a season of mm-hmm. like darkness, frankly. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I want to intentionally enter into this year. Mm. And I had people pray over me and for 45 minutes, just out loud, things they saw, things they heard. Mm. And I was so encouraged by that sure like I the things that people said like just just like touched me in my core right right um like one of the things that was said was like um you know that you've that you've you're going through struggle to like basically like help other people going through struggles and that you know you are seen and you are and you are loved and Mm -hmm. And like you're again, kind of affirming that like your voice has power, and right, right. Um, there were just a lot of things that, and you are loved for who you are, not mm-hmm. for what you do. And right. I have a list of it in a journal, and I've read it to total strangers, and <laughs> they were both in tears by the time right. I'm done. And right. to me, it was such that was a shift for me. It was such an encouragement mm-hmm. to be like, wow, these people came out on an afternoon right. to basically celebrate the fact that I exist. Yes. And here they are, like, affirming yeah. me about, you know, these things that they right. 
that they see. And you said something about like, um, I mean, almost being like a messenger of getting a message out Mm -hmm. that like, that's one of the things that I'm, you know, meant to do. And so that experience was just so soul filling. What a beautiful visual picture of how God feels about us. Yeah. You know, God is those things people were saying, I really was the spirit speaking through them to you. So it wasn't just how they feel and what it is, but it's how God feels about you. And what a, why don't we do that more often for each other? Oh gosh. I, you know, what a beautiful thing to hear. What is God yeah. through the voice of a, a friend? This is how God sees you. Yeah. It, and I had to let myself be seen. Like, you right. know, I, right. I think for so long I was just this guarded mm-hmm. for so much of my yeah. life. I was a guarded version of myself and yeah. it was so hard to be that. It was so much easier actually to just be like, well, here I am, you know, and it, that experience was one of the most, like I, I treasure mm. that experience because yeah. the timing of it, the season I was in and just what it did to just lift me yeah, and kind of like usher me into that next year in such a purposeful mm, way. I love that. What a beautiful yeah. way to celebrate a birthday. It was great. <laughs> yeah, it was great. I remember. It was wonderful. Um, so tell me, with Bill, like for somebody who's with someone they love is going through burnout or mm. something, some type of physical struggle like you're going through or, or it could be anxiety or depression or any of it, Yeah. what did Bill do that was super helpful for you? I know you guys have a great marriage how did, how did you navigate that well i'll be honest i was a pretty like uh, neglectful absent wife for mm-hmm. a while mm-hmm. um i mean i was contagious so i couldn't really like kiss him mm-hmm. uh and i was so stinking tired that right right like he sure. would just leave me alone and i'd sleep by myself you know yeah for a season and that was hard for me mm-hmm. but he had really worked to build up this community of guys like mm-hmm. he has really done a lot of his own work um kind of spiritually and relationally and emotionally mm-hmm. with like communities of men at horizon sure that's been really healthy for him so he had people that knew what i was going through mm-hmm. that would like reach out to him and he could you know go play racquetball with them or you know he could do something to kind of distract himself right sure um but I remember it was May of that year when we finally made up our Valentine's dinner. Aww. I remember sitting across from him and I, I reached out and I like held his hand and, yeah. and for the first time in like months, I asked him, I was like, how are you doing? Yeah. Aww. For the first time. Mm. And he's not someone who gets like, I cry about everything right. openly. And I'm like, yep, tears, here it is. <laughs> like, take it or leave <laughs> it, yeah. whatever. I'm not yeah. putting it away. And he's more guarded with his emotions mm-hmm. like that and um he just started to get teary-eyed and he's yeah. like he's like it's it's been hard it's been really hard yeah you know and, and so i'm sitting across from him and he was he was like so helpful and supportive the whole time he wrote mm-hmm. me notes yeah. and like we're really big on like cards handwritten right. cards they have like probably hundreds of cards we've exchanged over our relationship mm-hmm. and He'd get me a little treat, go to the store, be like, got you some raspberries. You know, they love raspberries. Uh, little things. Sure. You know, that were sort of like an, an encouragement um, to me. And he noticed, he said, within a month after I started taking those supplements, he was like, I noticed a shift in you. Nice. Yeah. Um, so like physiologically and physically, there were certain things that my body was just like needing in right. order to function. Right. And um so I'd say that the fact that he was in community was was an encouragement mm-hmm. and a help, and the fact that like we were still in community, so we still went to that, like um, the spiritual gifts, sure, supernatural life right. course together. Yeah, we would still go to link group together to the extent that I could. If there were days I couldn't go, he would still go. So mm-hmm. it's like he stayed in community, community, right? Which he really needed to do. Yeah, yeah. You know, he couldn't be home with me all the time. Like I was kind of kind of depressing honestly sure, sure. and um he's kind of a peacemaker and it's talked enneagram recently mm-hmm. so he's a nine he's a peacemaker a i'm a three i'm an achiever mm-hmm. and so he really one of the things i've always loved about him is he really grounds me right which right. is hard to do <laughs> i fly up here a lot yeah, you know yeah. but he if anyone's gonna ground me and and he's always made me feel so loved for mm-hmm. just who i am i have never felt the need to impress him in any way Aww. yeah so 
that as a gift because when I'm with him, it's not like I have to be on at all. Right. So it sounds to me like community has just been huge. Huge. Really? I was just hearing recently on what uh, epidemic loneliness is in our country and the physical problems it's causing. It's it's really I talk about I talk a lot about con- human connectedness. So one of the topics I speak about is social right. connection at work. Right. And loneliness comes up a lot. There was a um, study done about four years ago, and they were looking at um, different causes of like early death. Mm. And they found that like living with air pollution increased the risk of early death by like five percent. Living with obesity co- increased the risk by twenty percent. Air pollution increased the risk by thirty percent. And loneliness increased the risk by forty five percent. Wow. Wow. And as somebody who has, I mean, all of us have struggled with some sense of not belonging, sure. not being accepted, sure. feeling lonely. I struggle with loneliness a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have any friends from childhood. And not that that's totally unusual, but, yeah. uh, you know, when you isolate yourself, you're going to end up probably lonely. Right. And right. I felt that that's another thing, again, that happens when we burn out is we are so withdrawn and so mm-hmm. isolated. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize that's what I was doing. And so the gift in the lesson I've learned, it's sort of like when you're learning to walk, mm. not that we remember this, but when a baby starts to try to walk and they fall down, you're not like, oh, you're a terrible walker. <laughs> what is your problem? Why can't you get it together? <laughs> One foot in front of the other. Jeez. Yeah. So they fall, but then they like learn something and they get back up. Right. And then maybe they walk three steps instead of two the next time. And then they fall again and they get back up. Right. I kind of feel like, and everybody's this, cheering. And everyone's cheering. Everyone around like, them's cheering them on. Keep yeah. going. Yeah. And I feel like with this, like I, I, I wanted to kind of beat myself up mm-hmm. last week when I started to feel mm-hmm. sick again. Because mm-hmm. I was like, you know, you know better. Right. Sleep was my kryptonite. And that was one of the things that I had started to tinker Cut corners with because of certain things I was traveling for and having to wake up early. Mm-hmm. And um, so that was often the thing that pushes me over the edge. Okay. But I decided instead to say, okay, what were the lessons this time? The lessons were like, wow, the power of prayer and that experience of, right? can I do this? Yeah. And the other gift is that like this week I had two presentations I was supposed to give to clients. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times we're more concerned with disappointing other people than we are disappointing ourselves. Right. And I decided to reach out to the clients and say, I'm really sorry. I'm sick. Mm -hmm. Can we reschedule? Mm Mm-hmm. Because I did not need to push it. They probably were fine with that. They were totally fine. Right, right. They were totally fine. One of them, I sent them, like, two TED Talks to watch today instead, and they were like, everyone missed you. We'll see you in December. Yeah. You know, sometimes we tell ourselves the story of, like, Mm -hmm. oh, my gosh, if I can't do this thing, the world will collapse. It probably won't. Right, right, right. Like, no offense, you're not that important. (laughs) Like, I need to hear that message, too, you know? And so, like, yesterday I had one of my girlfriends who's a, she's actually a pastor. We've been friends since college. Mm. And we had like a spa day in Columbia for two hours oh, at this I love that. really cool place. And we had lunch together. Yeah. And it was like these steam rooms. So my respiratory system was like loving it. <laughs> and it was just really, it was really good, you mm-hmm. know? So I listened to my body. I've been being really good about sleep the okay. past like, you know, week and a half. Right. I, didn't go out in San Diego. You know, I was asleep at 7.30 <laughs> Pacific time when everyone mm-hmm. else is going out to dinner. Right. So I learned some things mm-hmm. from the last time right. of what not to do. And I feel like my rebound is quicker. Good. Um, so I think it's part of it is showing ourselves grace, which yes. is hard for me. Yeah. It's really hard to show myself grace. Yes. But... In this experience, I can look at it and say, wow, you did learn some things last mm-hmm. time, Rachel. And, like, good for you for mm-hmm. for putting your health and well-being first this week. Yeah, right. You know? Right. Because if you don't take care of yourself, you're not going to be able to share that message. Yeah. That's, that's part of having that message is caring for yourself so that you can share it. Yes. And it's interesting. Just today, a, t- a girl, like one of my girlfriends... Who actually has since moved? Um, uh, Steph McGowan lives in mm-hmm. Vermont now. Sure, sure, sure. She sent a message to the a group of us, and it was so appropriate for today. I knew we were having this conversation, and it was quoted by a woman named Nikita Valeria. I'm not sure who she is, but it says, uh, "Shouting self care at people who actually need community care is how we fail people." Wow. 
Wow. I was like, that's very true. We need each other. It's like saving, saving that, you know, it's like this idea, like we are wounded in community. We are like, we're healed in community. Yes. And we need, like, we are, we're at the very least like tribal beings. Like we are meant to be even introverts, even shy people, like not to the the same thing, but you know, the sense of, you know, like, oh, I just don't like people. We're all hardwired for connection. Yes. It's how we survive. Yes. And you may have different levels of, like, how much of that you need and to right. what degree and with how many people. Right. But we all need connection. Right. And, and it's something that I have become really grateful for. Mm-hmm. Even this week, like, watching my sister's little, you know, yeah. almost two-year-old for two days three years ago, I don't even think she would have reached out to me to even ask me because mm. the assumption probably would have been I was too busy yeah, doing other yeah. things and I wouldn't have been able to say yes. Mm. So it's been a really humbling. I mean, yeah. usually when we struggle, it's very humbling. Yes. Yes, it is. It's been a very, very <laughs> yes, humbling yeah. few years yeah. to recognize. And I still have work to do. And mm-hmm. I'm really proud of the work that I've done. Yeah. No, you should be. So I'm proud of you. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. You know, I, it, it makes me think that there's a scripture about us going from glory to glory. Mm. And in the God's glory is kind of his, his goodness. And there's a weight to it, yes. like a weightiness to it. And I think there's times where we have to, he builds our infrastructure. Yes. So we can hold more of that goodness and more of that glory yep. to share. Mm-hmm. And and then he builds some more yep. capacity in us. And I think what, what he's been doing is building your infrastructure. Yes. So you can hold more of his glory, more of his goodness to share. Mm. And I think that's humbling. Yeah. But look at all the fruit that can come from it. It's so, it's so rewarding. And you're right. Like, I can't. If I tried to do what I'm doing now with the infrastructure I had three years ago, mm-hmm. I would have been crushed. Right. Right. And instead, I can, in a week and a half, bounce back. Right. You know, because right. I'm living a more integrated life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it it feels better. Sure. It's not so hopeless, mm. even in the moment of frustration or like today, my, my ear was clogged and, you know, I'm supposed to fly on Monday and you can't, you're not really supposed to do that with your ears blocked. So I was concerned if I was going to be able to fly and right. I was able to pop my ear today and I texted all my, you know, my friends, I'm like, <laughs> my ear popped. Like the average person really wouldn't care about that, right. but they're right. all like, yes, we're so excited <laughs> for you. Like it's yeah. just the highs are higher mm. and the lows aren't as low right. when you're open to being in community mm-hmm. with people mm-hmm. that you really allow to see all of you yeah, and not just the parts of you that you think are going to be worthy of approval. Right. And that's one of the things I love about Horizon Yeah, is I feel Horizon's in its DNA is that community, is that ability to love each other that way. Yeah. If, if we are willing to be vulnerable and ask and jump in there the people there really do want to love each other and be in community. They do. It's beautiful. I, yeah. It's seriously like one of the reasons why, like, probably aside from family, right? Why like, we wouldn't leave this area is <laughs> because it's such a healthy community yeah. for both yeah. of us. Yeah. For Bill too. I mean, yeah. he has such an awesome community of men that yeah. talk about life. I mean, they talk about what they struggle with. They talk sure. about their jobs. Talk mm-hmm. about their kids. They talk about addictions. They talk right. about relationships, their mm-hmm. marriage, I mean, finances, mm-hmm. housing situation, everything, yeah. illness. And I'm like, man, what a gift. It is a gift. It is a gift. Absolutely. <clears throat> so unfortunately, we're going to have to wrap this up. This has been so fun. Yeah. Uh, one of the questions I like to end with is what's feeding your soul right now? Hmm. Um, so what is feeding your soul right now? Oh, it's feeding my soul right now. It's funny. I saw the question. I was like, mm, how appropriate to be asking me this question this week. Uh, one of the reasons why I've been sick is because I haven't really mm, been feeding my soul yeah. as much. Um, but for me, like that time with my friends, mm-hmm. 
um, whether it's like grabbing a coffee after church or having a phone call with somebody Mm -hmm. or sending some text messages back and forth or going to a spa day like for me that that time and just and rest like the body was designed to need rest Mm -hmm. to be restored Mm -hmm. and so I'm honoring like God designed us to need sleep right Right. (laughs) and also designed our bodies to be able to heal yeah and to recover if we give our body what it needs Mm -hmm. and so for me that's that's part of it and just saying no to things for me, that one of the ways I'm feeding my soul right now is to say, when my soul tells me that this is not a good idea, I'm right. honoring that. Good. Instead of ignoring it and pushing past it and saying, right. I can do this, you don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's good. Those are some ways. That's really good stuff. And what's on the horizon for you? What's coming up? So let's see. Um, a bunch of things. I mean, I'm working on a book. Hell, that's exciting. So I can't say a whole lot about it okay. yet. We're going to be put, submitting a book proposal around Thanksgiving. Nice. Which is Fun. like in two weeks. Yeah. So that was another sort of crazy story that hopefully yeah. we'll come back to at another time okay, when, when that yeah, all when comes, comes to out, fruition, right? We want an exclusive. When that comes <laughs> out, we'll do an interview. Um, <laughs> so I've been working really hard on that. Um, and then, you know, just sort of my website has, has launched, so it's mm-hmm. unmutedlife.com, and I'm going to be starting to put my um, newsletter out because I have oh, good. probably like a dozen podcasts I've been on that I haven't even shared with my community. Right. So I'm going to start sharing, you know, stuff with the folks that sign up that want to be part of that. So that'll be on your website they can sign up? Yeah, they can sign up my website. Um, so just like, inter- you know, podcasts and blog posts and articles I've written and stuff, mm-hmm. um, videos. I do videos every week, and so... I'm in the process of really figuring out, you know, booking some things into 2020. I have a couple conferences that um, scheduled to speak at already and others that, you know, I'm sending proposals in for and just excited to have a couple weeks off around Christmas yeah. that I will give, you know, ask my CEO right. if she's okay with <laughs> me not working for two weeks. Yeah. Um, so I'm really excited about go. that. And we have our link group retreat coming up in right. in December and uh, you know, it's exciting. I, I don't know what 2020 has in store. Mm-hmm. I don't have the whole year mapped out, but I trust that this is the place I'm supposed to be, be right year. now. Yeah. And that it's going to be a really good yeah. year. And it's going to be a good year. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Rachel. Yeah. I know this is going to encourage and help a lot of people good. that hear this. Um, if you'd like more information about Rachel or have her come speak an event, you can find her at her website which is unmutedlife.com u-n-m-u-t-e-d life.com mm-hmm. and you are also on linkedin and instagram yeah. on instagram at unmuted life and then on linkedin rachel Druckenmiller. so i post more on linkedin than anywhere else because okay I, my folk a lot of my focus on corporate work but um I don't keep it corporate. I really focus on like real life stuff mm-hmm. on my LinkedIn page. So I do videos every week typically on there. But good. So yeah. And the, the email will be coming, right? And a newsletter? Yep. And an email newsletter. So okay. if you sign up on my website, I'll make sure that you get connected to all the news and Great. updates. Thank you. And if you'd like more information about Horizon Church, check out our website at horizontowson.com. We are a community where you will be loved and have opportunities to be loved. Thank you for joining us on the Horizon.